The Marty's Music Kitchen podcast is brought to you in cooperation with Oregon Music News. Welcome to Marty's Music Kitchen, the fun food podcast with creative people where anything can happen. On this next episode, we're talking with a man who expresses his passion for music through his saxophone and his tap shoes and drums and piano, flute, and even the pot lids from his kitchen, whatever he can find to express the rhythm that flows through him. In the kitchen, we make his go-to meal after a gig, a bean medley with a cabbage feta and persimmon salad. Shoehorn has made his way through over 30 countries, always tapping and playing his way into the local music culture, something to feed his hunger for multicultural diversity. He's also known for inventing the tap percussion E-tap electric tap dance instrument, which he has used on some of the six albums he has released over the years. Let me just say that Shoehorn is one interesting guy. Find out more about Shoehorn and hear him perform live on the show on the next Marty's Music Kitchen. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Marty. You're welcome. I feel like you should do like a tap dance for me to well, you know, I, me in. I, I do often let my feet titter-patter while I'm <laughs> so working cool. around the house, but I, I wear these little slippers in the house. That they're special ones that I like, to, I like the sound of them. That is so cool. Yeah, your kitchen's good for that. Your floor like wants you to tap on it, right? Yeah, yeah. And you, uh, you're known for being a saxophone player and a tap dancer and doing both. Like a, you have, even though you perform with bands and trios, you have like a one-man show that you do too, right? Yes, yes. I've been doing a one-man show for many years. And uh, sometimes it's just as simple as saxophone and tap dance. And sometimes I bring a bunch of stuff and do this whole thing called, which I call saxivision. Saxivision. <laughs> it's like Saxivision is to the saxophone what television is to the telephone. Right, right. It's just got this other stuff going on. Like it's multimedia. Yeah. So I have a multimedia show. That is very cool. And I can't wait to talk more about that because I'm absolutely fascinated with it. So anyway, we're also going to be cooking today. What What are you going to cook? Well, I'm going to start by um, I've got some beans here, a bean medley that I soaked overnight. I rinsed it out several times and I'm just gonna throw that in the pressure cooker and that's gonna cook while we finish up the salad. Okay, great. And then uh, how long does that take in a pressure cooker? Minutes. No kidding. Yeah. See, I do not own a pressure cooker, so I'm really glad you're cooking with one tonight uh, because I wanna learn more about it. Well, the, the thing about these, like I used to cook beans years ago from scratch yep. when I was a, uh, just starting out, you know, for economic things. And I'd collect like a quarter from each of my friends and buy a pound of beans and some tortillas and feed everybody. No kidding. Yeah. But then I was just using like canned beans for certain things like making hummus and stuff like that or chili. But I rediscovered dry beans and it's just... I cook them up myself, and then what? I'm just gonna cook them with water, 
And then the leftovers I'll use for a couple of meals after. Oh, I And I just like freshen them up with like, maybe today I was thinking I'll use some garlic, mm -hmm. which I've... Smells good, smells good. And, um, but I'm going to also use some chopped greens, which Karumi prepared, which are radish greens that she flash boiled and chopped small. Oh, neat. Yeah. So let's talk about those pressure cookers. So you put it on a high heat, like an eight, or medium high heat, and then... It starts to, you can hear that it's pressure in this little button comes up and then you can turn the heat way down oh. and then and then when the button goes back down you can open it up if you try to open it up while the pressure's on it it, it shoots out of here it shoots <laughs> out of here and it's like it could, it's scary no explosions in the kitchen that's that's the rule but hey anything can happen in the kitchen that's a motto so there you go right right so that's heating up now and then um, what I'm gonna do is make a dressing to go with the salad. All right, well, let's hit me. Let's, uh, yeah. let's see what you got going on. Well, with my dressing, I'm just going to squeeze a couple lemons first. I love the juicer. Then, then chop the, um, yeah, some, this is mid-century design, I guess, right? I'm, I'm thinking so, yeah. And yeah, I, that's what I love. My mom, who's 86, um, talks about like antique glass, and it's kind of that color, so. Oh, yeah, well, we're, I'm into glass. In fact, I have a collection of glass coffee pots. Really? Coffee carafes, yeah, that are like, some of them are triangle. You see them on Perry Mason. If you watch Perry Mason reruns, they're on oh, Perry Oh, yeah. They, they're really like jet age. And so this looks good. So you've got this in a little, so, in a small jar. Yeah, because I probably won't use it all in one meal, so. And you're just putting about a half a red onion in there and the juice of two lemons. Yeah, the small lemons. And then the, that's going to, take some of the bite out of this onion. Lemon juice mellows out the onions, so it doesn't, it's, it's easier on your stomach. Oh, that's, really? Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Vinegar will do it, too. Really? Mellow yeah. it out? Me yeah, mellows out the, makes it easier to digest. Hmm. I'm going to rinse off this knife and um, come over here. I've got this persimmon. I don't know if the persimmon's ripe enough. A persimmon. Now, what are you going to use the persimmon for? In the salad. Because oh. the tomatoes, we have one garden tomato left, and we're saving it when our daughter arrives tomorrow night. And I'm going to peel this with a regular peeler that you would use on an apple or a, or a potato. Oh, this is fascinating. I don't know anything about persimmons. Well, this is the Fuyu persimmon, the one that's more like a tangerine shape huh. and less like an acorn shape. Yeah, it's a color of like a yellow pepper. They do very well in, in the Oregon climate. They, they grow well here. And, uh, I didn't know you could grow them here either. Oh, yeah, I, they grow very well, and they're, they're super delicious, I think. Try, <gasps> try that. That's, I'm trying a persimmon. It's kind of like a cross in between a cantaloupe and a peach, but not a, it's just slightly sweet, and it's delicious. Yeah, it, it makes a great... Addition to winter salad, or you know, this time of year salads anyway. Right. The, the season only goes for a, a month or two, huh. but I'm crazy about persimmons. I can't wow. wait. This is the first one I had this season. Wow. And then I'm and gonna what's throw their, that. What's their growing? Like when do they peak? Around now, or it could be as late as Thanksgiving. So October, November. November for sure. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna go out and get myself a persimmon. Yeah, okay, get so the Fuyu persimmons. What have you got in that salad bowl? 
I've got some baby greens in here. I guess you call them baby greens. Uh -huh. And then some shredded cabbage. And persimmon. Just regular cabbage and persimmon. And then um, I'm letting this dressing hang out here. Am I in danger by standing by the pressure cooker? Is now is when I'm going to turn it down. See, I'll turn it all the way to low. To low, all the way yeah. down the I should have done that earlier, but I got carried away with the salad. It's okay. It looks good. The salad and the dressing. So I've got that in there. I've got a little bit of a tiny chunk of feta I'm going to throw in. Good choice. Bit. I love this mix of flavors. Then I'll, I'll be finishing it with uh, that lemon onion thing. Oh, that looks so good. And then almost ready to dress. I'm just going to wait for a little while. All I've right. got brown rice cooking over here. Okay. It's, it's already done. All right. And then um, this is going to go pretty quick once this the beans are done. All right. So are we looking at like 10 minutes or 20? Yeah, 10 maybe. Really 10, huh? They go pretty quick. Huh. Yeah. So have you always, you know, loved food and cooking? Or you said at first it was out of necessity that, you know, you'd uh, well, cook for yourself? Yeah, I was uh, a beginner musician, and I was in my first apartment. I worked lunch hour at a tortilleria. I served burritos and tacos, and I fried the chips and stuff. Uh-huh. And then in, in the after that, in the afternoon, starting at 2, I worked at a... Um, environmental group going door to door knocking on doors. <laughs> so that was like, I was really into music, but I was learning cooking things from uh, working with Mexican people. Oh yeah. Later on, I, I was a tree planter in, in the Northwest and I, I worked with Mexican crews too. Well, actually the nursery I was talking about is Mexican owned. And let me tell you, he knows his plants. I will never go anywhere else. He's so knowledgeable and insightful and he helps me with everything and I love him to pieces. So. That's cool. Yeah. So I, I would say like my cooking is influenced by the Mexican, that side of working in that in restaurant. Culture. And then like the other thing is um, I love Asian stuff because I travel a lot. Right. I mean, you've been a little bit of everywhere. I've I think been to I read 30 Russia. countries. Russia. Wow. I've been to Russia, ate that food. That was great food there. Oh man. The only Russian food I've ever had is borscht and I loved it. One of my aunts, uh, was she just recently passed, was from the Ukraine. She made borscht that was just See, I can't delicious. handle beets. I, really? I like beet greens, but I can't handle the beets. I like the beets, and I've, I've not been exposed to beet greens. I haven't eaten them a lot. Well, I was going to say, while we let that simmer, I could put on my tap shoes for you. Oh, would you? Yeah. All right, let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to follow you in. Okay. I love your apron, by the way. Well, I don't wear it except when I'm making cookies usually, but... Um, Do you wear it when you're tapping? No, I'm going to take it off for tapping. <laughs> no tap dancing She's got the apron. video, you know, like... But I just... <laughs> All right. Okay. I read a story on your website that said when you were, you were used to walk home from school... Before you knew what tap dancing was, mm -hmm. and you would just make rhythms with your feet. Exactly. And then I, what made you realize, I mean, what made that transition into full-on tap dancing? We got laid off from our tree planting gig, mm -hmm. and I was in Arcata, California, and my friend said, hey, the movies are a dollar, let's go. And it was singing in the rain. Oh, yes. Classic. And it was a revival thing. So I, I saw that and I went, 
oh, tap dancing. You know, I never thought of what I was, the, the, that kind of rhythm. That was Fred Astaire, tap, right? No, it was Gene Kelly and oh, Donald O'Connor. Oh. And Debbie Reynolds, I think. And did you pick up, or did Doris. you come out like dancing out of that theater? Yes, basically. Inspiring? I, well, see, I have these old boots from my tree planting job that I had taken them to the, the shoe repair guy there. And he, he literally made the sign of the cross over them. They were so bad. And, and then he put a couple of little taps that use for repairing old boots. Really? And so I had a little clicky sound and I was clicking on the sidewalk and went, oh yeah. And then a couple months later, I found myself in New Orleans and I got some tap shoes. Wait a second, I have my tap dancing hat. This is cool. Oh, you got a tap. Oh, you look good. And then, but my main claim to fame is playing the sax and tap dancing. All right, well, let's, I've never seen this combination and I'm really excited, so hit me. All right. I can't, I've got this huge grin on my face because that is like, that's like your body is singing this music as you're doing it. It's like this double expression of you and I love it. Thank you. And it, it's like that, I feel like that musical comedy influence is present if you're open to it. In the mu musical comedies, if you forget what the actual conventions are, is the people sometimes just break out into song while they're in the middle of a dialogue thing. They're, they're, they're singing to each other or they're singing to whatever. Uh-huh. I mean, it's a, a story, that, but I feel like we can do that in our daily life, you know, just sing about the little mundane things. Mm -hmm. People sing to their cats or their dogs. I sing know. every day, all the time. I sing little bits of everything. So, and in fact, you know, um, that's one of the, the first things I learned from uh, when I was younger and I went to things called jazz camp when I was, oh. you know, a teenager. 
you know, we learned to tell the story of the music, and but ours is all through lyrics and vocals and singing, you know, not necessarily, you know, <laughs> dancing and singing, so. Well, here's what I want to make the case for, because, by the way, I give lessons. Oh, by the of way. <laughs> of tap dance is like, I think for a lot of instrumentalists and vocalists, they could really use my idea to enhance their performances without having like this gigantic, you gotta start with your, when you're eight years old kind of vibe, you know? Mm -hmm. Cause this is something if you've been, if you walk, if you jog, if you play a sport, you've already done like the basic drill for it. It's not like you have to train your fingers to do this or that, or your uh, lips to do a certain thing or, it, the breathing helps, breathing's important, but if you can count to four, you can add this to your act, mm -hmm. literally. And like a lot of times you see in the old movies, people are doing some real, a star might be doing a real basic thing and then the, the background is doing something fancy. Mm -hmm. So, you know, singers hit me up. I've got, I got a lot of ideas for teaching this and uh, like counting, um, Counting like a musician instead of a dancer really helps put that. Yeah. Counting one, two, three, four instead of like five, six, seven, eight, you know. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, I love that. Well, I mean, and I'm always moving when I'm on stage with my own band, you know. I mean, I don't have taps, but. See, but I you could. Just, I could. All of a sudden, maybe you're able to go like. Yeah, I could. <laughs> I wouldn't, but I could. You know, when I was um, in college, I auditioned for Disney, oh. and I made it through to like the like the first three rounds, um, but I didn't make it any farther because I wasn't tall and I wasn't blonde. I did learn how to soft shoe. I took soft shoe lessons oh, that, for let's that. See it. Okay, ready? Let's see here it goes. That was it. Right, and I learned how to turn. I learned how to do all those Let's things. Let's see the but, turn. I, oh, gosh. I don't know any of that. Okay. That was it. So anyway, I didn't make it any farther than that because I wasn't a trained dancer. And again, I didn't have the Disney look. I auditioned for Cirque du Soleil. Oh, did you really? Yeah. As they a tap dancer? They, no, doing my, my act. Oh. But then they, they sort of went slow during the pandemic. Oh, yeah. that would have been really an interesting thing to add to Cirque du Soleil. I've worked with a lot of circus artists, so that's why I'm... What could you teach me about tap dancing? Clearly, I don't have tap, tap shoes on. Well, but... I, I like to go like this. I, I count like this. Okay. And one, one. And, and I'm just kind of sliding my heel yep. and, and coming down with my toe. I'm starting on the left. Do you hit your heel as well? The heel doesn't really make the sound on the way up it does. Okay, I get it. So it goes, that's on, and one, and two. So two. the heel's on the ant, and one, and two. I'll go one, slow. And two. And one, and two. I and can hear the, and four, the click and of the heel on the way up. Yeah, that's, that's the, uh, the upbeat. And one, and two. Cool. And three, and So four, if I had shoes on, this so, would sound perfect. I practice in those like slippers and I actually practice barefoot too. So cool. that's like and one and two. And then the next thing is is to go twice with the heel like this and then that thing that I that we So just one did. with your foot or and one and two and three and four and one and two and see that gives kind of instead of 
instead of that big sound on every beat, then it puts it on two and four. And one and two, and three and four, and one and two, right? Yeah. So that is a basic. Then I throw in a little. Ooh, I love that. Yeah, that's my signature move. Right? Well, this, all of this is my signature stuff. Right? That's a good one. And then I do what, um, but then I can just bring it back to this. Yeah. And, and, two, and, four. and also do it on the other side too sometimes. I never do it this way, but I can't, you know. But, wow. But mostly I'm, it's just, I think of like the feet as like the left and the right have a different role, just like on the piano. The right and left does different things. Now piano, I do play piano, so that I can relate to. But, yeah. And I love, I've always loved rhythm. Percussionists and, you know, tap is always so alluring, I think, you know, oh, let's go see this. Oh, that'd be really cool. So, well, well, you can see I got, I love rhythm. I got a lot of percussion in here. So do you write your own music as well? Yes. In and fact, you... I've got a book coming out of my tunes called the Shoehorn Songbook. No kidding. Yeah, it's almost ready. I just keep, you know, like tweaking the final things. I just put another song in there. What kind of music is it? Uh, well, there's like some of the pieces are uh, Latin. Some of them are swing. There's a couple of like funky ones. One of my friends that helped me with the project with the engraving has published scores of books nice. of music. And he used to be here for a while. His name is Para Soto. He's from Spain. We connected, but then he did this as a, we did this as a remote project. I'd send him files and he'd send them back to me. And then I did some more here with Kevin Dietz. Oh, I love Kevin. He's, yeah. he's really good. I, um, Sing uh, just to keep my chops up while my my music is my new music is coming being mm -hmm. written down and I'm you know creating it. I've been singing backup vocals for my friends just to keep my chops up and it's fun. It's like having these really great no pressure gigs. I just show up. Sideman. I, I sing and you know what? It's a great. It's fun because you know when you're a lead when you're a band leader it's work. I mean you're oh, you, you're making sure your tempos are right and you Set know you list. may be singing but you're listening to everything that's going on and just making sure that you're all in sync and you, you're planning everything right. Yeah. But as a as load a backup, in yeah, PA all that. Yeah. Stuff. Oh yeah. It's like it's the, the everybody's got to show up on time. Yeah. You know you always bring an extra set of music. Because there's always someone who's going to forget it. You know, that kind of thing. Anyway, yeah. Kevin has uh, recently played a couple times for my friend, um, Sherry um, Carlson Somerville. Oh, yeah. yeah. And uh, Kevin Kev often Kevin's plays always pl working. That's what Kevin yeah. writes like the wind as he, well. Yeah, so, he writes, yeah. So. Um, he's always showing off, hey, I wrote this today. Ding! Yeah, he's helping me with the engraving, too, on some of the newer tunes. You had talked about, you know, you've got friends from Japan and Spain, and I'd read that so much of your, uh, part of what you, what you do is try to spread, like the diversity and culture are very important in, as a part of your work and as a part of what you teach. You want to tell me more about that? Well, it, I, can't, I can't really emphasize how much the music of Africa influenced everybody. All the influences come from the Spanish, Afro-Cuban, Afro-Peruvian, Afro-Brazilian, and Afro-American, like 
New Orleans stuff. Mm -hmm. that, and like that's all that's all related too. And they also there's a spirit behind it. It's just something that's very deep and it's in all music, but the rhythmic thing that we got from Africa is just incredible. Mm. You know. And I, I played with Chata Adi's band for the last couple of years of his life and had another refresher course in that, you know, that kind of drumming culture. And then were you playing uh, music when you went to Japan? Yes. I went there as a street performer. Indeed, a lot of places I, my way in the door was through street performing. Well, your way in the door mm -hmm. is just a, hey, I can do this, and everybody <laughs> goes, what? You're in. Yeah, but, you know, you have to make a living, so... But it was when I was young, it was a great way to go places and become like part of the local scene immediately. The street performers, a lot of them had these big wagons full of stuff, like amps and heavy guitars and even a drum set and everything. Mm -hmm. And so they would store them overnight in this bar oh. so they could walk around like a normal person, you know, when they're not working. But we worked, we worked pretty hard. I, I got to uh, meet the guys at noon and we'd play, we'd trade off sets, and then I had a place to practice at the university during the later afternoon, and then I'd go do like a, my solo act in the evening, and then I'd go to jam sessions. Every night they had jam sessions. Different kinds, like funky. I remember playing The World is a Ghetto at one funk jam. <laughs> you know, it was like, but then there was a jazz jam where there wouldn't be some guy shaking his head going, they lost the form, you know, like stuff like that. You know, it was like really intense, you know. I only did that. I did that once um, because it was my, I was just starting to sing, to sing again. It was like 12, 15 years ago. And I went to a jazz jam where Tom Grant was playing. And I did a song that I've done a thousand times. And I scatted right over the edge of the form because I was so nervous to be with Tom Grant. Um, I don't usually get starstruck, but at that time I did. And I was so embarrassed because I just scattered right over the edge and right into the first chorus. And then I just started with the second verse and took it out. But it was like, ah, I can't believe I did that. Rookie mistake and I'm not a rookie. But well, anyway. But is, does Tom, has he been on the cooking show? Uh, no, not yet. I don't know if he cooks. I don't know either. I, hey, I ran Tom, into him do you a couple cook? months ago. I ran into him. Uh, Recently at Ron Steen's jam. Oh yeah, Ron. Yeah, yeah. Um, I used I to do Ron Clyde's. Steen's jam at. Uh, there was a great place in Portland called Doc George's Kitchen. God, oh, yeah. I loved that place. That guy was at um, a gig I played recently. Really? Who? Yeah, the, the guy, guy who, owned, who it? owned it. Yeah. I, wow, that was so no, sad was at, that it he was closed. He's at Clyde's. He goes, "Do you remember me?" And that's like, uh, well, I used to go there and hear my friend. I don't think I ever played there. Do you, you also play with like, um, or some kind of another track besides, it's like you create your whole, it's not just sax and tap, it's like your whole, there's like one other thing you've got well, going on. Well, I do on. like loopers. What's, what is that? Explain, tell well, me more. Well, I get a looper and um, I'll lay down some clarinet drones and then I'll add vibes. Uh-huh. And the like might be a four bar loop or an eight bar loop. Uh-huh. And so it repeats every and then it just gets denser and denser. And do you and do this like drums. live uh, or you do pre record? I do it live. Then... Sometimes I do it straight all the way from the beginning live, uh -huh. and that's that's fun. And then sometimes I'll have ones that are partly built that I save in that condition and they're different every time I do it. Uh-huh. 
but I like starting with clarinet as a foundation. So you play clarinet, vibes, drums, saxophone. And sometimes flute or, um, and then put tap dancing on there and like uh, sometimes vocal. Cool. Would you play and sing or play and tap one more for me? Well, I was wondering if I should do like something crazy. All right. You know, like. kisses those sunburned hands I used to hold but since you went away the days grow long and soon I'll hear a winter song but I miss you most of all my darling when autumn leaves start to fall really fantastic I love it I mean I could just like I could listen to it all night long see I hardly ever get to do that in a club because they don't there's usually well, a no, there's band a piano or trio and, you know, I hire a piano player if I have a, yeah. a band and I, I do it on some gigs when I accompany um, comedians oh, which yeah. I do sometimes yeah well when I when I I do play piano uh, but I think I'm scarred from my youth of you know taking piano lessons, I don't like to perform piano in front of people, but I can sing in front of people, no problem. Right. But playing piano, it's like, uh, I get nervous. I, I, I understand. I should, uh, I should make, uh, I'm trying to make more an effort to learn my own music and be secure in playing it and singing it at the same time. So well, I, I write it that these... way. I don't know why I can't perform it that way. I mess with these too, the drums and stuff. It's, it's nice. It's fun. I've got, got some crazy stuff on here, like, Oh, you do have crit. That's a that's a kitchen rack. I don't You've know what it is. You've got pots and pan lids I've got, I've in got. your. Yeah, I have a, ga a really a good time with that. And um, instead of the vibes, I take the pot lids out on gigs when I do like uh, libraries and school shows and uh -huh. stuff yeah. for the kids. And then I, there's two things. One, it's way easier to bring them the vibes or a drum kit. Uh -huh. But the second thing is it just shows the kids like um, 
Well, you can make music with stuff in your kitchen. It's super fun for especially the kids to show them what's possible. And adults, too. You know, if they didn't yeah. grow up with that music, you know, music lessons and things like that, it's never too late. Yeah. Um, and to just show them what's possible, um, you know, maybe they make that connection like you did when you were a kid. Yeah. And sing, singing in the rain, you're like, oh, that's why... You know, I've always had this rhythm with my feet. Maybe I can do something with it now. I understand it better, you know. And mm -hmm. well, yeah, I've always felt it in my feet. And it's like part of marching, because marching uses time. It's very much like a marching band as far as, like, using that body rhythm as the time. Right. Let's check out how the food is going. Oh, yeah, we? those beans are I'm probably gonna... way done by now, right? We'll just dance our way in the kitchen. Well, I'm going to toss the salad at least. And... Check that out. All done. It smells good. It's completely unseasoned. And I like them like this even, with nothing. And Can some I stick rice. my fork in there and figure it out? Let me get you a little. Okay. Um, I just want to taste a little tiny bite of that before it, you know, yeah. before we mix it in with all those other flavors. These look very different than when you put them in. The, well, they were so colorful when you put them in, and now they're like all together. They're done, right? Mm-hmm. They're done right. And they're just super simple. Like that flavor to me is satisfying. That's very That's, satisfying. This is the bean medley, by the way. It's um, It's something you can buy already mixed. Yeah, this it's kind of a fancy brand, but they have them in a lot of stores. Like a bean medley like this. Zurson. Idaho heirloom beans. Paris Bistro Blend. They're beautiful colors. Yeah. And then, but these are ones Kurumi grew. She grew these in her yard. No kidding. Yeah, these look at how bright red those ones are and these big purple ones. Yeah, they're beautiful. And then she grows, she grew these peppers and then made them. Oh. She ground them up to, just today. And then this is chili oil she made. Mmm, yeah, so chili oil. I would like to try it in my hand at making chili oil. So then I... Throw a few of these on there. Are those pumpkin seeds? Yes. I recognize that seed. Yeah. So a little olive oil back in this salad where we had the onion, the cabbage, the persimmon. And then I'll put a little bit of splash of balsamic vinegar. I'm just improvising. And that reminds me, I've got a little bit of uh, tahini. I love tahini. Ah, oh, tahini's the best. I use uh, just... tahini in my... Um, Hummus. Yeah, it's it's part of the hummus experience for sure. Yeah, I really enjoy making hummus. Um, and I'm going to get out my recipe again soon. Well, we have a whole running joke in my family about me. Um, the, it's called the hummus announcements. Oh, okay. <laughs> and it goes like, uh, well, I'm thinking about making hummus. Uh -huh. Then the next day it's like... I've got everything ready to get to make hummus. And then I, <laughs> then I announced, like, I made some hummus. And then, do you want some hummus? Uh -huh. And, you know, there's still some hummus left. The salad looks really good. It's, it's pretty, I think it's going to be good. It's very fall and hearty. It's almost a hearty salad. It is. And uh, you want to try some? Oh, sure. I'd love to. All right. Here's my little... Oh, give Wait, me a persimmon. You gotta get some persimmon. Thank you. you got a couple yeah, after I had the persimmon before, I'm like, I gotta try it. All right, here I go. Wow. I'm gonna jet right out. 
and get myself some persimmons. I'm making this this week. <laughs> well, if you can find any ripe ones, I found these at um, an, an Asian grocery store at over by the freeway on Killingsworth. Mm -mm -mm. So I've got this chopped up. These are chopped ra um, radish greens that have been flash boiled. And then I'm, I'm just going to throw in this, this garlic and these chopped radish so you've greens. So has got a, a small cast iron skillet. Yeah, and it's got... I need to get that size too. This is kind of moist for frying. It's just like, mostly we're just getting the flavor. I could put onion in here, but sometimes it's good to not complicate the flavor too much. And this is a thing where I have these pre-chopped greens mm -hmm. and they last a few days in the fridge and I can come home from the gig and by just combining that with some beans. Then you've got a whole meal. And the, I can do that in 10 minutes. Think about all the iron. 10 so or 15 minutes. So when you flash minutes. boil them, you, you cut off, are these literally like off the top of the radishes? Yeah. And then when you flash boil them, that's boiling water and then you really throw them in and then take them right back out again? Yeah, I think is so. Is that what it is? Yeah, my wife does it. Um, and it makes things easy for me, but I, I boil these things up and I'll just add the beans like this. Oh. You know, like on top of the greens. Uh, you know what, I, I don't have any carrots today, but this, a carrot goes great in this. Oh, I bet it would. Yeah, a carrot goes great in this, onion goes great in it. And I don't have to chop fresh garlic like I did today. I can use some dried garlic flakes mm -hmm. and a uh, little salt and pepper. That's really is a lot of flavor. You know, I've been lazy with my garlic because they make tubes now of chunky garlic or garlic paste. And it lasts for like three months in your fridge. And I use it all the time. I've heard about that. I haven't, I'm still like, my friend grows us, grows garlic and sends us some every year. And Karumi grows some garlic too. But now this is another secret weapon. This oh, instantly, yeah, this stuff is great. S&B. Oriental S&B, S&B Oriental curry powder. Yeah, it's got the old school packaging. Old school, you mean like in a can? Uh, yeah. And those cans make a fantastic um, shaker. Afterwards. Do they really? Yeah, yeah. What do you put in it? I like plastic beads. Oh. I also like the pop tops from cans. It's kind of like a, you know, like a, a seed or something almost. Oh. It, it, they're louder though. Those are really loud. I never would have thought of that. Popcorn. I'll just sprinkle a little soy sauce in there. And that gives it like, it's probably going to ruin it. <laughs> it's not gonna ruin it. I have a feeling you know what you're doing. Anyway, that's a typical post-gig meal for me, and uh, something like this. Mm -mm. And I try to eat healthy because I'm a tap dancer. I gotta breathe. I gotta be in good condition. So I. I right. Try to eat healthy. Right. And you put that uh, pan, by the way, it was on kind of a, a just like on seven. So not well, quite medium high, but it was just to get it hot. I got it hot. Then I turned it down and then I turned it back up again when I put the beans in. But and now now it's now just it's cooking totally on its own. Right. Right. No, you Cast guys, iron. Heat it up. Are you guys going to have some? Oh, yes, they will. After, if that's all right. After? Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm going to. 
I'm gonna give you like a, a little serving though. Well, thank you. That's not without hot sauce or anything, but I like it with hot sauce too. Hot sauce, huh? That sounds good. Well, try so to have a bite. Radish Sorry. greens. This is this hot sauce I bought at um, Favela down on Foster, run by my friend Rodrigo. What is it? Let me see the label. It's a Brazilian one. A Brazilian sabor maneiro. Yeah. Wow, that looks great. It looks really hot, is what it is. I've never had radish greens before, so this is going to be an experience. They're very tender. Are they're they fresh. spicy? No. They're rather like spinach or uh, mm. other kinds of greens. Mm. Turnip greens are also like this. They're good. They don't taste like spinach. They taste... No. I don't know. I, I can't even tell. It just All of the flavors work so well together, I can't describe it all on its own. But especially with the hot sauce, it's got a little bit of heat, and it's got the spice, and it feels... Just really hearty and delicious. Thank you. I I'm mean, even enjoy it. just a small amount is just going to be filling, fall, hearty, delicious. Definitely a late night gig, after gig meal. Yeah, and I usually won't make that nice of a salad after a gig, but I have enough veggies in this. But I might throw a carrot in, or I, I might just cook the, the cabbage with that, with the beans, for example. Mm -hmm. And then do you cook the carrot until it's a little bit tender, or do you care? No, I just like to soften the carrot a tiny bit. I like it to have a little firmness. A little All crunch. my vegetables, that's how I like them. Al dente. Yeah, I don't, I don't like them too mushy. But, you know, like the greens, when you steam them or flash boil like Kurumi does, those, those are good soft, you know. Oh, those. yeah. But they're, they're not really, they're hardly cooked at all. But it makes a huge difference. So you have six albums out? Yeah. So, and they can find out, uh, people can find out where you're performing and all those different things on your website, which is? Shoehornmusic.com. Shoehornmusic.com. And also I'm on uh, Instagram, Mike on Shoehorn. Mike on Shoehorn. Yeah, M-I-C-O-N, Shoehorn. Okay, got it. And I'm on TikTok, MC Shoehorn. I've been thinking I might explore TikTok, but it's just one more thing that... I mean, I already have like, I don't know how many social media channels and I have TikTok to have the bandwidth. TikTok will take over. I have to have the bandwidth to be able to do it. TikTok's the best one of them all. You think? Yeah. TikTok I, I is- I so better check it out. It's like, I learn all kinds of stuff on TikTok. You know, like I'm reinforcing my old learning about music and also language. Cause uh -huh. I, yep. I'm, uh, I like to study French and Spanish on TikTok a little bit. And, it gives you a little more depth to the, the language thing. And it, they do it in two minutes. They give you a lesson or in one minute or three minutes and that's max. And then boom, you're on the next thing like, oh, painting hacks, you know, or whatever. Yeah. Like I learned some painting hacks last week. and Very cool. Yeah. Like I would have done a nicer job if I, if I, <laughs> if I had known that when I painted. You can always do take two. So, you know, you can do mark two. In the well, kitchen. Yeah, yeah. And like the, there's a painting over there that I did the other day, which is that one behind the pumpkin. I love it. So you paint too. I paint. Well, that's just, I'm using like, basically I use latex. Really? Like, and the, like that painting started out as me cleaning the brushes from painting the trim on the house. Uh -huh. And then I added the color. Like I had brown and white that I was just putting on this found board. Mm -hmm. And then getting a little coat on there and then I just started 
then I like, I have these little squirt things like mustard bottles that I squirt it on and just smear it around. It's just, <laughs> I don't know why I do it. It sounds like so fun. Well, you know, then I did these, these um, saxophone and. Yeah, um, you did those too, huh? The collages. Yeah. That glass piece I did for the Y2K. The one oh. with the spaceship and the cross and the volcano. Yeah. That's that, very Y2K. That was, yeah, it was my the Y2K <laughs> thing, and then nobody bought it. Oh. It was only 600 bucks. Oh. And which was like. It was a steal. I know. They should have bought it. <laughs> Somebody, but I, I'm glad I still have it. Well, I'm going to say that this food is delicious, and uh, you and I are going to put together the recipes, and I'm going to post them along with the episode. Okay. It sounds fun. And uh, they can look you up online on TikTok and Instagram and. Facebook. Facebook will list all those links underneath the episode. Awesome. Yeah. And I just want to say thank you so very much for being on the show. Oh, well, thanks for thinking of me. And it's, uh, it's, it sounds like it's a lot of fun. And, yeah. This yeah. is this has been really fun being here talking with you. I'm so. not used to being the culinary, the, the culinary authority. Guy. In, in my, in my, yeah, no. You did a great job. Thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> I'm your host, jazz singer Marty Mendenhall. Check out the new Marty's Music Kitchen Season 1 cookbook featuring recipes, photos, and innovative QR codes so you can listen to the podcast while you cook. Buy it today at martymendenhall.com or on Amazon. Thanks so much for listening and see you next time on Marty's Music Kitchen.